The Rosicrucian Utopia, Claudio Masucco, FRC, Grand Master of the Italian Grand Lodge. In this podcast, which is a reading of his presentation at the Amorc World Convention in San Jose, Grand Master Claudio Masucco of the Italian Grand Lodge traces the path of universal evolution from the Big Bang to the achievement of cosmic consciousness. Two things fill the mind with ever-increasing wonder and awe, the more often and the more intensely the mind of thought is drawn to them. The starry heavens above me and the moral law within me. These words from Immanuel Kant's Critique of Practical Reason, one of the most important works of the great philosopher of the age of the Enlightenment, might be considered the perfect synthesis of the sacred manifestation within the human mind. The idea of the sacred is one of the most fundamental concepts, a pillar upon which our order rests. By exploring the subject, we are therefore paying homage to all the masters of the past, whose light brightened the path for us. We are also commending the mystery of the soul's incarnation and its descent into this world dimension, while trying to grasp concepts that are hidden from our own understanding. To this end, we need to stir within ourselves a sense of wonder and gratitude that starts from a consideration of the rational mind and then proceeds with the exploration of the dimensions of the soul. To reach this special inner place, I invite you to follow me in this journey with your own mind and imagination. We will retrace the history of our universe and the embodiment of the universal soul into matter. Much of what you will hear will probably come to mind tomorrow when you will listen to the words of the chaplain during the Lodge Convocation. Please listen carefully. What is about to follow is our very history, as it is experienced inside the mind of God or the divine. Imagine a moment in time so remote that it cannot be described by the space-time coordinate system we are familiar with. In this moment, which is located in a non-space and in a non-time, our universe begins. It's the zero point, or singularity, that marks the beginning of everything. This is the beginning of our own history, known by science as the Big Bang. It happened 13.7 billion years ago. We use the expressions non-space and non-time, because space itself did not exist yet. And to exist, it did not take any time at all, because time itself did not yet exist. The term Big Bang suggests a big explosion, and yet this is just a mental image that does not correctly define what happened. In fact, since there were no time and no space, there couldn't be an explosion. By definition, 
An explosion is a rapid and forceful expansion of gas and matter through a pre-existing space at a given time. To help our visualization, imagine an inflating balloon. However, right before you start inflating the balloon, you realize that it has no dimensions. It is not there. But then, as soon as you start blowing into it, it materializes and expands with every breath. Now imagine that this balloon encompassed the entire reality and that nothing existed outside of it. Or rather, we should say that outside of it, no place existed. Right before we started inflating it, the balloon was not there yet, but it did exist potentially, for we know that nothing cannot give rise to something. The conscience of the divine projected itself throughout this primordial manifestation of matter, descending the ladder of cosmic vibrations until it reached the lowest level of frequency. In a moment that, according to scientists, lasted about 200 seconds, the first form of matter was born. The very first atoms were able to separate themselves from antimatter. It was this infinitesimally small quantity of atoms that allowed the manifestation of all the subsequent structures. In those primordial instants, energy was the main feature of our universe. According to Einstein's field equations, this energy began to turn into matter and to express the laws of creation in an admirably precise, geometrical, and mathematical manner. As Pythagoras taught, in the beginning God or the divine geometrized. We symbolize this sacred geometry by walking in a square inside the temple. Our gate revisits the creation and expresses its balance and its harmony. Matter cancels out antimatter, which itself was created in the very first instance of the universe. The subtle asymmetry between matter and antimatter produced a very small excess of matter. Without this asymmetry, that is, without this infinitesimal quantitative difference, that made possible for a small aggregate of matter to prevail, nothing of our known universe, including ourselves, would exist. This is how the mind of the divine started its journey from form to form, experiencing each one of them, shaping and pushing them towards an ever-growing complexity. After the first atom of hydrogen, the helium atom also came to being, and so forth, adhering to precise mathematical relations and constant geometrical harmonies. Should we summarize these initial instants, we may just utter light. The combination of light and energy was the essential quality manifested by the universe in those early moments. Indeed, according to science, 
light first appeared in our universe about 380,000 years after the Big Bang. Before that time, the universe was so dense that light could not travel and reflect. An immense energy pushed the atoms against each other and generated atomic fusions spawning increasingly complex structures. In accordance with the principle of thermodynamics, as the universe expanded, just like an inflating balloon, it also began to cool down. Its initial temperature of 10 to the 30th power Celsius degrees, that is, billions of billions of billions of degrees, gradually decreased. As the universe expanded and cooled, the condensation of gases generated stars and planets. Galaxies also came into being. There are likely 200 billion of them in our visible universe, including our own Milky Way. But there could be more, perhaps 300 or even 500. Each of these galaxies contains about 100 billion stars, similar to our sun, which generate light by nuclear fusion and irradiate such light across the universe. About 4 billion years ago, our planet was born. In the beginning, it spun so fast that a day lasted only a few hours. At that time, the surface of our planet was not suitable for life as we know it. Factors such as heat, atmospheric composition, and unfiltered solar light with a high concentration of ultraviolet prevented life from emerging. Furthermore, tremendous earthquakes shook the planet, and lava lakes as vast as continents belched from the bowels of the earth. There is still intense debate about how life began on earth. A number of theories suggest that ancient bacterial life forms might have reached the planet on board meteorites. However, the question remains, how could chemical reactions between inanimate matter, colliding atoms forming complex molecules, and increasingly complex molecular structures finally manage to establish a structure able to feed and reproduce itself and at the same time react to external stimuli? And yet, about three billion years ago, the earliest life forms finally appeared in the seawater of our planet. While experimenting with these new organisms, the consciousness of the divine shaped and adapted them to ever-emerging external conditions and needs. In its eternal movement and progress, being expanded itself. Primitive life forms, lacking self-awareness, but stirred by the law of love, yearn to express the will that dwelled inside of them. The urge to express the cosmic law begat more and more complex forms of life, capable of sensing external stimuli with ever-growing precision. At the same time, as evolving life forms, their activities and existence modified their own external environment. For instance, consider the marine algae which, 
by means of photosynthesis, produced oxygen that progressively modified the atmosphere. Over time, this process produced an ozone layer in the stratosphere that filtered out ultraviolet light, allowing new life forms to appear. As each life cycle reached its end, the universal soul took delight in what was being created. By experimenting with every possible form, those which could not evolve further were abandoned, whereas the most promising ones were improved and perfected to become vessels of the will of the divine, the very creator of the entire process. This is how life on earth continued to evolve in manifold ways, expressing with growing complexity the cosmic intelligence and the universal soul. For instance, fish began to develop respiratory organs to survive on dry land. This is how the first amphibians were born and ultimately evolved to become reptiles and dinosaurs. There is a common thread that connects all living forms. I am referring to a very special molecule called DNA. From the very first living form, from dinosaurs to human beings, life has always been based on the combination of just four molecules, which, bound together, form the typical DNA double helix chain. Every cell of our body contains a DNA chain that is estimated to be two meters long and only ten atoms large. If we could tie together all the DNA molecules of our body, the resulting thread would fit in the palm of our hand. However, if we were to uncoil such a thread, it would be long enough to encircle the entire solar system twice. A true microcosm-macrocosm relationship indeed. Francis Crick, one of the scientists who discovered DNA and was awarded the Nobel Prize for this discovery, was a known agnostic with a strong inclination towards atheism. In spite of his beliefs, he reportedly once said that it seems very unlikely that such a complex mechanism could have occurred by chance. In every atom of this special molecule, just like in every other atom of the universe, God projected himself as love with the aim to know his own creation. Of this projection we know, or more precisely, we perceive the intelligence that permeates the entire universe and every form of nature. Rosicrucians call it the cosmic. The universal soul continued its work of love until it built a structure capable of observing the creation while also being able to observe itself as a separate being. And through that, the divine made its first invocation. When the first human being was born, he looked at the sun and acknowledged himself to be a reflection of the builder of the entire creation. We have now reached our present time and dimension, 
I don't need to go any further with this story because it is now your own story. However, there is something else that I need to discuss. All of you across this room have reached the portals of the Order by choice. No one forced you, and you made this choice yourself to follow your inner call, the voice of your inner master. It is telling you that the work is not done yet, and that its completion depends upon those who have realized the meaning behind this story. There are pages still to be written, which will shape the very outcome of the whole story. Today, nature is being exploited and denied its purpose. By considering it just a relaxing backdrop for our holidays, we neglect the only channel that has the power to bring us face to face with the fundamental questions of who we are and why we are here. As Rosicrucians, we need to reclaim this path to restore nature's true purpose, not as a means to an end, but as an end in itself. We need to appreciate it, not just as a resting place, but rather as a language that points to the eternity within the smallest structure, inside and outside of ourselves. Along our path, we learn to see beneath the surface, to grasp the transcendence of every being. We learn that the whole universe is behind every smile and every face, and that the universal soul reflects itself in the eyes of every being, yearning to experience life. These are hard times for mystics. Humans attempt to delay the encounter for which we were all made and refuse to acknowledge the symbolic significance of nature and the universe. Technology is shaping a reality where things exist as mere instruments, that is, without any intrinsic value. We understand nature as a warehouse of commodities meant to satisfy our physical needs and not as a sanctuary where the mysteries of being are revealed to those who are able to approach them. It is important to understand that everything that exists was not created to be exploited, but rather it is the outcome of a long journey that started almost 14 billion years ago, when the universal soul began to reflect itself. We have to keep that in mind, or else we won't be able to understand that the sacred corresponds to the unique point of view of those who are able to approach nature, others, and the self, fully aware that they are drawing closer to a mystery. This is a mystery from which we cannot turn away because it originates from us and lies within us. You are now the ministers of this sacred knowledge. The universe itself relies on you. No one can refuse this responsibility. The celebration of this mystery requires everyone to do their part. Each one of us is called to preserve the sacred fire, to propagate the light, and to face life with a renewed awareness.
To this end, we must remember that the basic paradigm of our current age of power and domination is coming to an end and should be replaced by a new idea, a new attitude, a higher-order paradigm based on the idea of caring. Over the centuries, we have conquered, subjugated, and stockpiled, responding to a fearful frame of mind. We learned that we must pursue success engage in competition, and devote ourselves to winning. But we forgot that for every winner, there must be a loser. We've conquered outer space, the depths of the oceans, and the remotest lands and their people. We are now realizing that this journey has estranged us from the essential goal we are meant to reach. However, it was a necessary experience. And, by virtue of the knowledge we've gathered, we now shall find a new route. We might start by accepting that nothing around us is hostile or adverse, and that there are no traps set up against us in the universe, but rather there is just one law, operating on different planes of reality. This law is called love. The universe beholds itself through our own eyes and perfects itself according to what it sees through us. The cosmic consciousness flows within us as the source and foundation of everything that exists. It moves us towards its original unity. I therefore urge you to think about the new mindset that we all need to adopt, which is all about taking care, that is, taking care of the planet, of its inhabitants, and of ourselves. At the conclusion of its evolutionary path, cosmic consciousness will complete its journey across the cycles of matter from the beginning to end, and our planet's purpose, too, will be fulfilled. By then, the expression, so mote it be, will realize its full potential, and all its facets will be unveiled. And finally, being will speak to the being. <laughs>